0: Good evening. Let me uh, tell you about stateside. This past year, we had the pleasure of traveling to uh, Grand County, Kentucky, to hold our stateside mission campaign. This is a church that didn't exist before uh, this past year. It was planted there by the Lehman Avenue Church of Christ in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Their first worship service was the first Sunday in April. And then two months later, our group shows up, Conduct a stateside mission campaign. And the Lord blessed us in so many ways while we were there. When we were there, first thing I noticed is on the, uh, on the, the board there, it so, told how many people were worshipped there the previous Sunday. It said there were 23 people who worshipped there for the previous Sunday before we arrived. You know, we're so blessed here. You know, part of our coming together is to encourage to build each other up. We come into this place we have over 900 people come here on Sunday morning to encourage us, to uplift us, and to worship together our Lord. What a wonderful blessing we have here in Mount Juliet. The Lord blessed us to give us opportunity to go to Grant County to help the people there, to encourage them and uplift them. It's a wonderful blessing that we enjoyed that time. While we were there and we were laboring, we were knocking on the doors, the Lord blessed us also in that there were nine baptisms and three restorations. The Sunday after we left Grand County, I got a report that said there were 37 people who worshipped that Sunday. Again, the Lord has blessed us and blessed the, the church meeting in Grand County. What a wonderful trip this was. I got a report Later on, I think in November, they told us also that um, a few of those people who were uh, baptized or restored uh, had moved out, moved out of the area, but at best of their knowledge, every single soul was still faithful to the Lord. Again, the Lord continues to bless us. I also got a report that in Grant County that uh, they now had 44 members uh, meeting on Sunday mornings. They continue to grow if you would please keep uh, Grant County in your prayers please remember them as they continue to grow and to reach out to this community you see before this church was planted less than a year ago the church didn't exist in nine counties in the northern part of Kentucky there's a church there now that's growing and needs our prayers it was a wonderful trip there I wish all of you could have been a part of that and gone with us that's 2007. We're still looking forward. We're still here labor, laboring for our Lord. In 2008, we have the opportunity to do the same thing. This time in a different location. This time it's Greenback, Tennessee. It's just to the southwest of Maryville, Tennessee. And like Grant County, uh, it didn't exist too long ago. It's only been there for about two years. In that two years length the time they have now grown to 75 people there. And when I call them to offer our services to come to there for another campaign, they're very delighted for us to come. They're excited. They're eager for us to come. They're making preparations now as we speak for our to come there next summer. I hope you all think about this. Keep this work in your prayers. And uh, try to put these dates in your calendar. We plan to... Uh, depart from here on Saturday morning on June 14th of 2008 the Lord willing. That is our goal. We'll stay through uh, Wednesday evening services and return that night. It's a short drive. I'm excited about this work. I'm excited about what we had uh, in Grant County. It's a wonderful trip. I'm looking forward to the next trip too. You know, we heard this morning about some wonderful mission efforts are underway. The Sudan is very exciting. Most of you will not be able to go to Sudan, but you can start now praying for this work now, and you can support this financially. There's a lot of wonderful things that are being done in the mission field. A lot of times, you may not be able to go to uh, Ukraine, you may not be able to go to Greece or to Brazil, Central America. But you could be praying for those who can go. You could be supporting those financially who plan to go. A stateside mission campaign is an easy two-hour drive from here. You stay in a nice hotel, eat wonderful food, great fellowship, get your exercise in for the week, and you have an opportunity to tell people about Jesus Christ. You have an opportunity to knock on people's doors and invite people to church. There's nothing standing in our way to do this. Let's pray for this work. Let's pray for this effort. Let's let the gospel to everyone who will listen. For all of you who couldn't attend uh, this last campaign, I want to give you a little flavor of what it's like. So thanks to David Glisten again. He's prepared a little uh, DVD, a a slide presentation of our trip there. Bear in mind, we can't get too many action shots because... uh, we don't want to be imposing on the work that we're doing and knocking on people's doors and fighting the church. But I hope this gives you an idea of what it's like to go in a campaign. And again, I hope you'll be praying for this next year's campaign and uh, marking midmarking your calendar participate in next year's campaign. So, gentlemen, if you will,
1: they the will sing with our heads high as we join with the heavenly chorus, what a joy it will be as we sing in the sleep
2: with voices that Grant County is located in northern Kentucky, 75 miles from Lexington. The Lehman glorious- Avenue Church in Bowling Green purchased the building and property, and volunteer labor remodeled
0: it.
1: So why not now? Why not now? One day all nations will humbly bow down As they enter His marvelous presence Every tongue will confess, every heart will agree That Jesus, Messiah, is Lord Some are still blinded, but one day will see Through the shadows that try to surround them all the glory and the shining light from above, and
2: shout. You understand, we didn't have a degree in door knocking, but we did stay at a Holiday Inn Express. Why
1: not now? Oh, why not now? Why not lift now? up your voice? Why oh. not now? Why not throw off the burden that weighs down your soul? Why not now? Why not?
2: Oh, my son is not a caveman, but he sure looks like one. Next time you see him, tell him to get a haircut. Cut, cut that beard off. and I need your help in, in that. Isn't that touching? i just love to see the stateside photos. That just, it just touches your heart. It's, uh, it seems like it's just yesterday that we were uh, in Grant County. And I challenge you, and I, if you like those pictures and you've, you've never been on a stateside campaign, write it down on your calendar. Make plans to go. You will be blessed immensely. It is an incredible thing to be involved with, and Dennis has uh, done a great job with that, and we just encourage you guys, everyone, to get involved uh, with the stateside work. This has been a great weekend, and meeting John Ed Clark and uh, getting to sit at his feet yesterday, there was about 20 of us on the missions committee that got to sit and listen to John Ed talk about the work that he's done in Ethiopia. And, boy, it, it touches your heart to hear, about, hear a man that's, that speaks, that's given his life uh, to mission work, Uh, and it's a wonderful thing. I want to talk to you about another fellow that's given his life to mission work, and that's Brad Willits. Uh, We have been supporting Brad Willits since 1989. Uh, I've known Brad for about 27 years. Melissa and Brad and his wife, Estelle, all went to high school together many years ago in Dallas, Texas. We have been supporting Brad, uh, like I said, since about 1989 from this congregation while he works in Africa. He is working in a place called Guinea, West Africa. Now, Guinea is a a developing nation of about 8 million people. Uh, The country covers an area equal to the size of probably Tennessee and North Carolina, about 95,000 square miles. It is situated above the equator and is extremely hot most of the time. It's interesting that Guinea is 85% Muslim, 85% Muslim. And the Susu people make up about 20% of the population. When Brad went over there, the Susu people knew their language. They, had a, they have a great oral tradition. But they had never seen their language written down in, in print. So Brad's first job uh, to, to accomplish while he was there was to write a dictionary. And so he'd spend time with the people and listen to the words. And he came up with a very fundamental, very elementary dictionary. And from that, he started translating the Bible. Uh, the Susu people are very friendly folks. They're, very, they're country folks. A lot of them are commercial fishermen or rice farmers uh, in the big cities. Many of them are policemen or government workers. They've been taught, they've been taught the importance of studying the scriptures, but unfortunately they've been studying the Koran. They will all know the Yabul Dada. This is the Psalms of David. That's very strong in the Koran. But that's all they know. They stop at the Old Testament. They know nothing About Jesus Christ, and and Brad's job is to teach that while he's there. Brad's, uh, uh, let's see, Brad's wife Estelle works alongside him and is is very busy. She uh, recently uh, adopted six newborns. Now she's starting an orphanage, and she took in six uh, newborns, and she's helping to establish an orphanage there, and it's going to be run by the local women. Many of you will remember Fawcine. Back in 1996 Fawcine was here along with Brad and Estelle. Fawcine was a little boy like this and, and I hope you've heard the story about Fawcine, but let me tell it to you one more time. As Estelle and Brad were driving down a country road in Africa, uh, they came across a situation where someone's out on the road, please stop, please stop and come help us. And they stopped the automobile, went into a hut, and a mother had just given, chi- given birth to three children. The mother uh, died in childbirth, and two of the children died in childbirth, and the only one left was Fosiné. And so the grandmother uh, raised Fosiné for three or four years, and because of the bad water and the bad conditions in Africa, Fosiné was near death himself because of malnutrition. And so the grandmother brought Fosiné to Brad Nestle and said, Please, please, I know you have medicine, and I know you have many good things. Please help me with this child. And so they let, the grandmother left Fosinay with Brad and Estel. And Brad and Estel started raising Fosinay. And by the time he was five years old, he was a strapping young man. And the Willets asked the grandmother, said, could we please adopt Fosinay? Please let us do that. And this is a great response. The, the, the grandmother says, I cannot give you my son. Uh, I cannot give my son to you. But God has given him to you. God has given Fosnay to you because you've raised this young man, uh, and he's doing so well. Today, Fosnay's 17 years old, big, strapping boy. Uh, He'll be probably coming to the states pretty soon to go to university. Very well educated, speaks French, Susu, English. He'll be an outstanding young man when he goes back to the mission field uh, after some education in the the states. Uh, What a blessing he will be uh, to the Lord's kingdom. We asked Brad, we told Brad we were going to make a presentation this evening and asked him if he had any prayer requests that we could pray for him. And here's the things that he asked for. He said, please pray for the Bible translation. It's the biggest thing going. Please help me in prayer that this uh, can be completed. He also asked us to pray for the literacy program. It's one thing to give a person a Bible and say, hey, here's a Bible. Take it and read it. It's another thing to give a person a Bible and, and teach them to read. It's like having a great feast inside a window. You have to open that window to let the people come in to enjoy that feast. So this Bible is a great feast, and we need to pray for a program that will allow Brad to bring the Bible to them one-on-one. Brad is spending much of his time mentoring new translators. When Brad first went over there, he was the only one translating the Bible. Now there are many others coming to translate, so Brad spends much time mentoring the new translators. He also makes a couple of trips a year to Sudan. It's interesting that we're picking up a work in Sudan. Here Brad has got a contact in Sudan. So we hope that we can marry those two together, uh, and that these folks can work together in Sudan. Uh, we, he asked for prayers for Estelle as she runs the orphanage. Uh, that's a 24-hour-a-day job to run an orphanage. It takes a lot of uh, energy and a lot of patience, and, and he prays that we would pray for him with that. Uh, one of the biggest things that he prays for is for the stability of the government in, in, the, in Guinea, West Africa. It's not like America where it's, we're pretty sure who's going to be in, in power tomorrow, but there's a structure in place. In Guinea, West Africa, there's dictatorships there, and at any time they could rule to say Christians get out or anything could happen. It's a very unstable environment there. And he prays for the stability of, the, uh, of that government and for the, and for the Susu people. Now, on a related note, I'd like to tell you about a phone call I got yesterday um, about World Bible School. Ann Craddock called me. Ann does a lot of work with World Bible School. If you don't know about that, ask Ann about World Bible School. She got a packet in the mail, and she had 91 new students. She says, David, I've got 91 new students. I need help with World Bible School. So I'm up here this evening to make a plea to you. If you can spend a little time and and help with World Bible School, Ann Craddock needs your help. And she's a sweet lady, and it doesn't take a lot of time to do World Bible School. And if you think, I can't go to Africa, I can't go on stateside, you can do World Bible School. It will be a blessing to you and a blessing to the students that you might might reach. So I encourage you uh, to see Ann Craddock or see me about that, and I can get you in touch with her, and we can go to work on taking care of these 91 new students. Additionally, Bobby Cole uh, works in the Perlington work down in Mississippi, and Bobby Cole is going to take a group down in February to work there. So if you'd like to go along on that trip, please see Bobby about that. He needs workers in the field, and we encourage you to get involved in that way. Again, this has been a blessed weekend. I hope you get excited about mission work. It's an exciting thing. Uh, The Brotherhood and the Churches of Christ across the country are getting rid of mission work. That's going by the wayside. But we at Mount Juliet are going the opposite direction. We're taking on new works. And I hope you're encouraged by that. And I hope we can all be blessed to have new brothers and sisters in heaven someday because of the work that we do.
3: We have just a few moments this evening to go over... And just touch base on the many different mission works that we haven't been able to mention. And there are, as we mentioned earlier, tables in the foyer. And so what we want to do for the remaining time we're together is look at some of those works. And then also uh, think about some guidelines from scripture. Uh, we will have some, some pictures as we go through this. I don't know if we'll have any as entertaining as we're found in the stateside uh, slideshow. I'm not sure where David got all those pictures, uh, especially one of them, so uh, we may need to have a conversation about that afterwards, but uh, there, there will be some, uh, some mission trips that we take in 2008 that are going to be very exciting, and, uh, and we're excited about those as well. I wanted to, to touch on just briefly uh, a few things. Uh, number one, we mentioned earlier this morning and then also has been mentioned before that uh, this congregation is going to be supporting Nick and Amy Fowler. Uh, and their team, and so as, as we work more the details out on that, you will hear more about this later, but I wanted just to give you a visual. Many of us will know uh, Amy and Nick from Amy growing up here and them visiting here several times. Uh, they're also, their website is there if you'd like to learn more about their team, and there's information in the foyer. That's going to be very exciting. We look forward to learning more about that as well. Also, we mentioned in a special prayer just a couple of, uh, I guess it's been just a few weeks ago as Elizabeth Pelfrey was preparing to go back into Mexico uh, that she has been doing some work there for the past uh, few months and then will continue on throughout the rest of this year in San Cristobal, Mexico. And she's working with a group called 21st Century Global Missions. And I just want to touch on some of the things that she's doing and give you a website that you can go to to find out much more information. But Elizabeth, as many of us know, is uh, very proficient in the Spanish language. She has used that on several of our stateside trips and even in our our trips to Central America. Right now, she is doing several things uh, with this ministry. She is teaching English classes for students of the preaching school there. uh, And also, she is also teaching some community English classes. And so uh, she's doing that. She is translating for various classes that are offered at this school throughout the week, a, a preaching school there. She's able to do a lot of translating, and she's an invaluable, uh, in, invaluable help as she, as she does that. Also, she's teaching a girl's Bible class in a local congregation. And so she's working with the local congregation there as well and aiding and assisting them. If you'll go to our website, there is a link to Elizabeth's blog and it gives a, a great list of details about her daily activities, and it's fascinating. If you haven't been reading it, you'll definitely want to keep up with that and make some comments there and let her know that you're keeping up with what's taking place. But we have a few pictures uh, that are provided here. Uh, here, Elizabeth and Chantel, her roommate, also from the States, are, uh, have been living together and working with uh, some of these men, missionaries. And here we have uh, the... The Church of Christ building there, the location there. Uh, here is a baptism taking place, from what I understand, of one of the girls in the congregation uh, that she's been encouraging. And so you have that. And here is uh, Elizabeth in the girls' Bible class there as well. Also, you see pictured the translating Elizabeth does. Uh, you can see her there to the right as it looks like they're preparing to come back from a break and, and start, start teaching again. And so she is using her talents very well. Here are some of the men from uh, the preaching school there. Also, a lot of the children. She has opportunities to go into schools and work with a lot of children there. And so this is all very exciting. And she is really using her talents in a way that's that's glorifying God, in a way that's encouraging to us. And so if you get a chance to just send her an email or leave a comment, that that would mean a great deal. Also, I wanted to touch on a work that has become... In the past year, very dear to my heart, because it involves two missionaries who gave us tremendous help over this last summer. Uh, We have supported for some time Alexander and Eleni Meralitos and their work in Athens, Greece with the Omonia Church of Christ. And uh, this is their picture for those of you who may remember them coming and spending some time with us. uh, Remember, uh, Alexander's been here to speak and then Eleni is uh... very talented in many ways one of those is a talented cook and so there have been times she's cooked for a for many of us and they were very helpful to us we stopped on our way back from ukraine we realized we hadn't visited uh... the work in athens before we stopped for about a day and a half and spent with them and they were immensely helpful to us and we got a real taste of what's taking place there the work that's going on uh... they were helpful to us as they picked us up from the airport and uh, you can see here, Eleni, they invited us into their home, and she prepared one of her usual wonderful meals. And those of you who have eaten her cooking can attest to the fact that uh, she's very talented in that area. Uh, they took us to see things like the Parthenon and uh, Mars Hill there, as, as you can see, that's just kind of in the shadow of the Parthenon. Uh, also, they took us through uh, ancient Corinth, And you can see here, this is a pavement, and the writing on there is about Erastus, the city treasurer. And he talks about how Erastus, city treasurer, built this street with his own funds. And that same word for treasurer is used by Paul in the New Testament to talk about Erastus, who is a member of the church in Corinth. And so, really, we have here a testament to one of the members of the early church there in Corinth and it was just amazing and uh, we went through the the city and as you can see Alexander's a wonderful tour guide uh, obviously with his background and, uh, and skill in language and, and explaining history uh, they took wonderful care of us and here you can see the facility where they meet uh, they have plans uh, to try to expand their facility right now they are are doing a wonderful service in having several different language groups that meet for a worship service uh, in this facility. Here is kind of their fellowship hall area. That's their auditorium area. And we had our Sunday morning service before our flight home. We met there uh, for an early service. They opened the, the doors up for us. And this is right in the middle of the city. I mean, this is, this is in an epicenter where a lot of things are happening. And so they're looking to see how they can expand the borders of their congregation and the borders of God's kingdom uh, in doing that. and So we were able to enjoy spending time with them in a worship service and uh, here's our team before, uh, before we left and we appreciated their hospitality. Let me go ahead and tell you before I move on to talk about our Ukraine trip what probably we appreciated the most. And that was we flew through Greece into Ukraine for reasons that we still don't completely comprehend our luggage went from philadelphia to athens to philadelphia to athens to istanbul and we had a hard time uh, convincing people in athens that we'd really like our luggage not to be in istanbul but to be in donetsk ukraine which is where we were and we were not getting anything anything accomplished we were calling uh, things were not happening until we let alexander and eleni know and it didn't take very long for them to go over there and for them to, uh, to help us with this situation. Elaine called me on, on Friday while we were in Ukraine. And she said, your bags are coming. And they were there Monday. And uh, it's a real blessing that they did that because we had in those bags so many supplies to leave with the congregations there that it would have been not just our loss for whatever we had to travel with, but but the supplies we had brought to leave with the congregations would have been lost, in the orphanages as well. So we were able to get that, and they were truly a blessing to us. Uh, it was just amazing the way in which they helped us. We could not have done it without them. And that leads me into our trip that we took last year. You may have seen the slideshow uh, outside in, that, was, that was rolling with the pictures from last year's trip. It is Kind of close to the door outside, so it's pretty chilly if you want to stand there and look at the pictures. But as, as we go through just a few of them, I want to let you know just a little bit about what we did. Uh, here's our team as, as we were preparing to leave. Uh, we flew into Donetsk, Ukraine. And if you haven't heard these names before, I want to tell you about Ray Graham and Lynn Allison. And the reason I'm telling you about them is because uh, they were invaluable to us in putting this trip together. Uh, They're actually supported by the Woodland Hills Congregation in Memphis, among others. And so they are there working with the Proletarsky Congregation. Ray helped us with our lodging. We would go over. We had a very tight schedule during the day. We would eat lunch uh, at Lynn's apartment. She would cook for us. Again, we were the recipient of some wonderful meals. And they just did a tremendous job. And hopefully in a couple of weeks, they will, they're stateside right now, hopefully they'll be able to worship here on a Sunday morning with us. And so be looking for them, and we'll, we'll try to point them out to you so that you can let, show them your appreciation. They played such a huge role in what took place over there. Uh, here are our translators. Uh, we have uh, Nika, Kostya, uh, Masha, Lara, and Pasha, and then they're all there with Tansy. You'll notice that they're wearing some youth group shirts that we brought over and left with them, uh, which they, they really liked, and so I thought this would be a good picture. You can see them wearing uh, some of our youth group retreat shirts. They were more than just translators uh, for us. If you're taking a large group of Americans anywhere and you're trying to go in and get some food to eat, or you're trying to go in and get something accomplished at a bank or at a phone center, you can imagine the difficulties. And they helped us through all of those. And so not only uh, do we have their help, but I wanted to show you this picture as well. And it may be a little difficult to, to see where we are. This is one of our Bible classes. We are outside, and if you'll notice, there's a church building. Uh, kind of in the background, that is a, a Russian Orthodox chapel. When you are in Ukraine, even though uh, it is independent, and uh, as I have learned, you will be corrected very quickly if you refer to something as Russian that is Ukrainian. Uh, obviously, they're very proud of their culture, but it still has been affected to a great deal by the Russian Orthodox Church. And so in many ways, what we're doing when we're over there is teaching really in the shadows of the Russian Orthodox Church trying to get God's message out to children who have just, what they've known of church has been defined by buildings like that chapel and what took place inside there. And so that's, that's the heart of this mission that we've taken to the Ukraine. Uh, we have here a few candid shots of some of the orphanages that we visited. Uh, the first orphanage we visited uh, at, in our time there was during the first week in the morning. And what we would do in the morning is we would go through and this was sort of a... a a rehab center, for lack of a better word, uh, there, there were young men here that were struggling with with addictions, and they asked some very very interesting questions. We were able to spend time with them in the mornings. Then we would go for a very quick lunch and come back and do a VBS at the Proletarsky congregation, uh, which was a na- neighborhood vBS and and we were teaching the same the same lessons. Uh, every, every day we would teach to both orphanage and proletarski. You can see here some, some candid shots of us doing crafts. And uh, this is uh, yet another orphanage we were able to visit, the, the Good Shepherd. It's more of a children's home. Uh, and we have some very close connections with one of the young men who we met last year and has been placed there. And we were able to, to help provide a festival and kind of a picnic for them. Also, we visited this orphanage, which is located in, believe it or not, uh, New York. And so uh, that's, that's where we were. Um, this is probably not a picture of New York you've ever seen, but this is uh, what they called New York, as we drove out uh, on some very interesting cab rides for about an hour uh, on the road. But we did uh, in- teach about 30 or 40 children here that were very receptive. Also, during our campaign with the Kresno-Ramisk congregation that we support, uh, we taught children's Bible classes while we had the adults upstairs during the campaign. And so we, uh, we were able to sort of accomplish a dual purpose and take the children outside, and they were very responsive. That's a number that continues to grow. Uh, Sasha's wife is doing a tremendous job. Sasha is the preacher that we support there, and, and Julia has done a tremendous job reaching these neighborhood children for their children classes. And so were, that was a number that was continually growing. Uh, we also here visited the, an orphanage in the area, Novo Shulone, that we had visited last year. We were there for multiple days, and uh, we were teaching. We were teaching the children, and so you can see just a sense of constantly teaching and getting up and going to teach somewhere else. Also, we had a gospel meeting at the Cresnor Mies congregation, and it was wonderful because we had three elders on the trip, and so that was just a wonderful chance for this, this congregation to see elders that are, that are in action and get to speak with men who are elders. If you'll notice, in a lot of these mission fields, they don't have a lot of exposure to men who are elders of mature congregations. And so that was a wonderful way to have our elders preach and teach uh, to this group. And you can see, if, if you could get a, a bigger picture of the room, you'd see that it's not very large. And we tried to pack as many people in there as we could. And this is uh, happens to be one of the hosts uh, that, that ha- allowed us to stay in her home while we were there, uh, who is not a member of the church, uh, time her up, but we, we brought her uh, to church with us to the, to the worship services. And we were able to stay in apartments the first week. The second week, uh, we stayed in, uh, in Lydia's home and in Tamara's home. And so we were, we were staying in a small town in Ukraine that was about 30 or 40 minutes from where we flew in, uh, if, you could, if you could make it in that time. And Believe me, there are many of the drivers there that could make it that quickly. Uh, if you were iron driving, it might have taken a little bit longer. But, uh, but they were very hospitable to us, and, uh, and we gained so much just from being there and really getting a, a feel for the culture. I also want to commend our team, the people that went, for always being incredibly, uh, incredibly flexible with dealing with different situations and different living situations. And uh, here are the ladies. We were able to to have a ladies' class uh, you can imagine that this congregation is, since it's made up mostly of, of women, that it was such a joy for them to get to hear from American Christian uh, women that, and get, a, get that perspective and ask those questions. And so we were glad to be able to enjoy that with them. Uh, here's just a summary of some of the things that we did. We taught children's Bible classes at three different orphanages. We visited two more with games and with materials and really promoting the name of the local congregation there. Uh, we taught two separate VBS programs for two different congregations uh, that exist over there. We conducted a campaign for the congregation we support in Kresno-Armisk, and we were able to meet several times with the minister, with the men there, uh, and it, it was really interesting to see the different ways they're reaching out. The first Sunday we were there uh, at the Kresno-Armisk congregation. After our worship, we had a, a time of where they provided some snacks, and then we had some of the the neighborhood children, the area children that Sasha and Julia had been working with, they came in and they had some skits that they'd worked on that they performed for us. Well, what was important about that is you have these neighborhood children who aren't, aren't members of the church and they're performing skits, so their parents are going to come. So now they're, we're contacting parents in the neighborhood that have not had any background with this church and they're watching uh, these, these children do these skits and, and it was really it was entertaining and it was a lot of fun. And uh, one of probably the most precious moments of the whole trip uh, was when there were a couple of songs, I believe I'm happy today and Jesus loves me, that the children had learned in English just for our arrival. And so we got to hear them sing that. And it's, it's just amazing to see the difference that we can make in, in the lives of children over there. And if you wonder why that's so important, if you wonder why it would be significant for us to spend time with children, other than the fact that obviously we know that, that Jesus valued children, and wanted us to receive children in his name, which is what we were doing. When you look at the culture over there, one missionary told me that it's not that, that this country will be one in just a matter of months or years. It will be one in a generation. In other words, the best hope for that country is to train the children, to train the young people. Who previously would go to camps during the summer and get caught, taught communist ideology. To train them in biblical values, biblical backgrounds. And characters, and to answer these questions. And so it's it just exciting when, when you're in an environment where uh, a, a boy raises his hand in the middle of class and says, Well, why do you believe in God? And you have the opportunity to explain to one of these children why, why to believe in God, and just think of the difference, that one difference that could make. Uh, it really is amazing. Uh, as a side note, and we may have mentioned this previously in some of the articles in the bulletin, uh, it's when we first went on a Ukraine mission trip, which would have been three years ago, uh, we, stay, we stayed the whole time at one orphanage. The daughter of that orphanage director was really interested in learning English and talking to us. And so we, we were able to talk to, to her and to, to really build a good relationship. Other mission groups came in with that same orphanage, and they kind of built on that foundation. And she would email us about all these different missionaries she met. She's now a, a Christian. She's now a, a, a member of the church, and she is actually in Faulkner right now, uh, attending Faulkner University, a Christian university. And so just, just think of what could happen as a result of some of these things. Uh, we also met with a former mayor and a city official there to continue a positive relationship between the church and the city. You'll notice on your bookmark that we have uh, to be announced uh, what we're going to be doing this summer as we think about our Ukraine mission effort. Uh, We want to let you know that Bob Schmidt will be leading the team during this summer, and that we'll be working through a program offered by EEM, which allows us to teach in youth camps. Uh, These are the camps, the pioneer youth camps that formerly taught communism. Now we can come in and we can teach the Bible. The same time period where communism was taught, we can teach God's Word, which is just powerful. And Eastern European missions that we have worked with many times before, they are now sponsoring these, which will be wonderful. One of the challenges we have is you show up at an orphanage and it doesn't matter how much legwork you've done, you could show up that day and have half the kids missing or half the kids have gone to the lake, half the kids have gone somewhere else. And so they're going to make sure we're at a camp and ensure the presence of these children to teach. And we do plan to visit with the Cresnor Miss Congregation on the weekends we're there to support them. And so if you have any further questions, uh, if you want to pursue being involved in that trip, if you would see Anyone on the team from last year, Bob or myself, and uh, we'll we'll be glad to keep you updated. I want us to close with a question as we think about all the different ways in which God is opening doors. I don't know of a wider variety of options for being involved in mission work than we could have provided uh, today as we saw all of the wonderful works that are taking place. Uh, Everything from World Bible School to our stateside mission trips to our foreign mission trips. We thought about exciting new places, like the work that could potentially be done in Sudan by establishing a preacher training school there. Isn't it amazing to think of the difference that that could make? As we think about the Bible being translated into a language that previously wasn't even written down, think of what God could do through that. We think about uh, Nick and Amy's team planning to go to a a country, a, a city in a country... Uh, where that city does not have the gospel, does not have the Lord's church meeting inside it. There's so many other exciting ways. Uh, let me share with you a verse that we would have read if, uh, as we've been going through our, our daily Bible readings. And this is something that takes place after uh, a demon has been cast out and Jesus has provided another one of his miracles. The crowds are amazed, and he goes through all the cities and villages. I'm going to be reading from Matthew chapter 9, beginning in verse 35. Jesus was going through all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. And look at the progression here as Jesus does this. We talked this morning about the prophecy that Jesus would fulfill, and here's how we see that fulfillment in action. Verse 36, Seeing the people, he felt compassion for them, because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd." I don't know about you, but today, as we've thought about things taking place in the inner city, things planned for Sudan, 91 students in World Bible School that need help, uh, new mission efforts that are being launched, mission trips that are being planned, stateside congregations that have just recently been planted. I don't know about you, but haven't we seen the people? Jesus looked out and he saw the people. Haven't we seen the people that need God's word, that need God's message? We've seen them. We've seen them today. And And if we want to follow in Jesus' example, not only will we see them, but we'll also feel compassion for them. And as we think about all the different areas that need the gospel and all the ways uh, that we need to be showing compassion to others, let me ask us all a question, a question for each one of us to ponder. Are there people that are on my street, that are in my neighborhood, that I just haven't seen People that I know aren't, aren't attending any congregation, that I know haven't talked with anyone about spirituality, that I know of, and yet have, have I missed them? Have I really seen them and seen the need they have? If I've seen them, have I felt compassion for them? Have I felt enough compassion to go up and to share what I have? God is opening doors, not only all over the world and all over this country. He's opening doors in our neighborhoods. Just a quick drive through Mount Juliet. We'll, we'll show you how many houses are being constructed, how many people are moving in. God is opening doors for us right here, right here where we are. And so we, can, we need to focus on how we can fulfill the Great Commission in all the world, but also in all our neighborhood. Have we seen the people? Do we have that same compassion? It's interesting, as Jesus goes on, he's, seen that he's had compassion for people because they were distressed like sheep without a shepherd. And then he says in verse 37, He said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. I don't know about you, but Dennis mentioned just a a few moments ago the blessing of having over 800 or 900 people come together to worship. To me, that sounds like a lot of workers. That sounds like we've been blessed by God with a lot of workers. And I would close by reminding us of some other words that Jesus spoke in Luke. Luke chapter 12, verse 48. He makes a statement, From everyone who has been given much, much will be required. And to whom they entrusted much, of him they will ask all the more. To everyone who has been given much, much will be required. I don't say this in, in a way that that could be seen to build up uh, our egos, to make us excited about just numbers, because we're not about numbers, we're about souls. But recently, I looked through the latest edition of the Churches of Christ in the United States book that lists congregations. It also lists average attendance, the size of these congregations. You know, there aren't many congregations that have a, a larger attendance than Mount Juliet. In fact, it, it wasn't over 75 other congregations in America that had been, have been blessed with the numbers that we've been blessed with. Again, spiritual growth isn't determined by numbers, but I say that to, to help us ask a question. We have been given much. Isn't there going to be much required of us? We do have a, an ambitious plan for mission work in 2008 and beyond, but isn't much required of us? Don't we have the resources? Don't we have the people Don't we have the ability to to help as as we think about this mission, to allow God to work through us and to use us? I, I firmly believe, as blessed as we are, that God is fully expecting us to use those blessings to spread his word. And that begins with us in our neighborhood. It begins tonight. We're going to offer an invitation. It's not an invitation from us, It's not an invitation to join a man-made organization. It's an invitation God wants us to spread all over the world, that we can become Christians simply by having faith in him, turning our lives around, repenting of our old life, confessing his name, putting him on in baptism. We can begin walking that new life. It's open to everyone in the world. It's open to everyone in our neighborhood, and it's open to everyone in this room. If you need to make that decision, please come as we stand and sing together.